We wouldn't be gracious and forgiving. We wouldn't give someone the benefit of the doubt. But because we want all those things and we know we need all those things because we are so fatally flawed and we have such a wealth of information to prove that, that we can say, God, I'm going to treat other people the way I'd want to be treated if I was them. Wow. Brothers and sisters, we need to live the golden rule. Let's say, Lord, by your spirit, let me treat others the way I want to be treated. Pastor Daniel, today we'll remind you of the golden rule. Treat others as you'd want them to treat you. Haman will see this firsthand today as the king tasks him with honoring Mordecai. Haman isn't at all pleased with this. His pride is certainly going to take a hit. God may ask you to do something unpleasant as well, but he has the right motivation behind it. God knows you can grow. He may use other people to show you how. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Esther, chapter 6, as he continues his message, God's Perfect Time. The good that you do will come out. Listen to what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 4. Take heed that you do not do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise... You have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound the trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret himself will reward you openly. That's one of the craziest statements in the Gospels for me. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. What he's saying is, go back to the innocence of the Garden of Eden where you're doing all your good without self-awareness. That you don't even know what your other hand is doing. You are just living out good because God is good. And you're only doing it because God is good. And there's no other reinforcement that you want other than knowing that God sees and knows. See, so much of the struggles that we have is not that we don't know what to do. It's just that we're driven by a different motivation that will make us do things that we really don't want to do. But we're doing it so that someone will see, that someone will know. Or we're so frustrated with someone that we're going to do something to hurt them, which only hurts ourselves. We're so frustrated. I'm going to show them. I'm going to teach them a lesson. And all you really do is you hurt yourself because... You're not being good like God is good. So, brothers and sisters, we need to mind our motivations. When you do good as God is good, at some juncture, that good will see the light of day because God will bring it out into the open. And it might never happen this side of eternity, but God has the book of life, the roles. God doesn't miss anything. So be good because God is good. And that good will come out. Now in this story, this has to happen right now. 
Because look at what goes on. The king finds out nobody has ever honored Mordecai for this. Verse 4. So the king said, who is in the court? Now Haman had just entered the outer courts of the king's palace to suggest that the king hang Mordecai on the gallows that he had prepared for him. And so the king's servant said to him, Haman is there standing in the court. And the king said to him, let him come in. So Haman came in and the king asked him, what shall be done for the man whom the king delights to honor? Now Haman thought in his heart, whom would the king delight to honor more than me? And Haman answered the king, for the man to whom the king delights to honor, let a royal robe be brought which the king has worn, and a horse on which the king has ridden, which has a royal crest placed on its head. Then let this robe and horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that the king may array the man whom the king delights to honor. Then parade him on horseback through the city square and proclaim before him, thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. So sure enough, the king's like, I need to honor this man who did good. Who's around? He asked him. Oh, hey, Haman just got here. Haman was up bright and early, wasn't he? He was ready. He could not wait to talk to the king because he was ready to get rid of the man who wasn't honoring him. He's like, okay. They're like, hey, Haman's here. He's like, well, bring him in. And the king says to him, Haman, what should the king do to a man who he wants to honor? And Haman thinks to himself, well, there ain't nobody better than me, so what do I want? That's what he says. What do I want? And what's amazing is, is about Haman is, of course, we already know that Haman is filthy rich. He's totally wealthy, so he doesn't need money. He's already the most prominent person in the kingdom. So he's like, you know what I want? I want the king's highest honor. I want him to let me wear his robes, his own personal robes, ride his own horse, I want you to publicly honor him. Honor this one. See, you realize that, right? Even though our culture says that you and I are valued by compensation materially, really, that's not how you value yourself or shouldn't be. Don't get me wrong, you got to pay your bills. But if all you do is value yourself based on material compensation, then you're totally just being, you're living in a material world and you're a material girl. If you guys know who that was sung by, you're sinners. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, the joys of extemporaneous public speaking. But it's true, right? It's like really what you want is you want to be the honor that comes from the king. That's really how we value ourselves. And we talked about that, didn't we? I think it was last week. That really the honor we want is the honor that comes from the king. But what's interesting about Haman is that Haman's actually on the right track. Let me explain to you why. This is what we learned from this. You and I need to live the golden rule. We need to live the golden rule. Many of you have heard of the golden rule before. It's amazing. It's actually spoken of by Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Here's the golden rule. Matthew 7, 12. Whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. Whatever you want someone to do to you, do also to them. That's the golden rule. It's the God's perfect, tweetable look at Christian ethics right there. Whatever you want people to do to you, treat them that way. And what's amazing is is that Haman wants whoever the king is going to honor, he wants them to be honored by the king in the most intimate and personal way, 
But what's amazing is, is Haman wants it for himself, but he would never want that for Mordecai. And that's the problem. See, Haman has divorced the way he wants to be treated from the way he's treating others. He's plotting to kill Mordecai. Do you think Haman would want to be treated that way in that situation? Absolutely not. See, Haman has got it right. If it were me and if I was going to be honored, this is how I'd want to be honored. And really, Jesus places that reality. However you want to be treated, treat others in that way. It doesn't say treat others that way if they treat you that way. It says treat others that way. Whatever it is that you desire to receive from people, that you must first proactively do as unto them. Haman should have been treating Mordecai this way the whole time. But he's only thinking, this is what I want, so this is how I want to be honored. And the key for you and I is we need to turn the way we want to be treated outward. So if you need forgiveness, you should forgive other people. If you need grace, you should be gracious to other people. If you would like to be treated kindly, then be kind to other people. Now, I'm here to tell you this. I do not expect 21st century America or any culture to get that. But we have to expect the people of God to get that by the Holy Spirit. That we are not to live reactionary lives. If someone treats us lousy, we're going to treat them lousy. We lead proactive, preemptive, loving lives because we believe in Jesus. And brothers, sisters, we need to pro, we don't respond to people. We respond to Jesus and people get the benefit. Can you treat somebody else the way that you would want to be treated? Can you and I learn how to see through all the gunk and say, God, in this situation, this is how I'd want to be treated? See, Haman knows what he wants, but is unwilling to pass it along to Mordecai. But in the ultimate act of irony, he has to. Because notice what happens. Haman says, this is what you need to do. King, this is the way, this is the way you're going to honor someone. And I love this. <laughs> it's classic what happens here. Verse 10, notice it in verse chapter 6. Then the king said to Haman, hurry, take the robe and the horse as you have suggested and do so for Mordecai the Jew who sits within the king's gate. Leave nothing undone of all that you have spoken. So Haman took the robe And the horse arrayed Mordecai and led him on horseback through the city square and proclaimed before him, thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delights to honor. See, even though Haman doesn't want to, the king is like, you need to do for Mordecai what you just think should have been done for you, even though the king doesn't know he was doing it for himself. Remember he said, and get one of your highest noble princes to do it. Haman was the guy chosen. I love that. See, the king makes Haman be a way that Haman doesn't want to be, and that's exactly what King Jesus should be doing in your life and my life. Making us be a way that we wouldn't be naturally. We wouldn't be kind. We wouldn't be loving. We wouldn't be gracious and forgiving. We wouldn't give someone the benefit of the doubt. But because we want all those things, and we know we need all those things because we are so fatally flawed, and we have such a wealth of information to prove that, that we can say, God, I'm going to treat other people the way I'd want to be treated if I was them. Wow. Brothers and sisters, we need to live the golden rule. Let's say, Lord, by your spirit, let me treat others the way I want to be treated. Let me love others the way I want to be loved. Let me speak to others the way I'd want to be spoken to. Let me, see, that changes 
It doesn't matter how they speak to us. That's the beauty of it. It doesn't say, depending on how they treat you, that's how you should treat them. No, it doesn't say that. It says, we proactively respond to Jesus by treating others the way we'd want to be treated. Isn't that a different way of living? That's a more excellent way. Or else you just react to someone's garbage. You know what happens when you react to garbage? You get more garbage and worse garbage. So we respond to Jesus. Now, look at what goes on from there. Picking up in verse 12. It says, Afterward, Mordecai went back to the king's gate, but Haman hurried to his house, mourning and with his head covered. And when Haman told his wife Zeresh and all of his friends everything that happened to him, his wise men and his wife Zerah said to him, if Mordecai, before whom you have begun to fall, is of Jewish descent, you will not prevail against him, but will surely fall before him. While they were sitting talking with him, the king's eunuchs came and hastened to bring Haman to the banquet, which Esther had prepared. So the king and Haman went to dine with Queen Esther. And on the second day of the banquet, at the banquet of wine, the king again said to Esther, what is your petition, Queen Esther? It shall be granted to you. And what is your request? Up to half the kingdom, it shall be done. And then Queen Esther answered and said, this is in verse 3 of chapter 7, if I have found favor in your sight, O king, and if it pleases the king, let my life be given to me at my petition and my people at my request. For we have been sold, my people and I, to be destroyed, to be killed, to be annihilated. Had we been sold as male and female slaves, I would have held my tongue, although the enemy could never compensate for the king's loss. And so King Ahasuerus answered and said to Queen Esther, who is he and where is he who would dare presume in his heart to do such a thing? And Esther said, the adversary and enemy is this wicked Haman. So Haman was terrified before the king and the queen. After having to parade Mordecai through the streets, Mordecai, because he's not driven by his ego, he just goes back to the king's gate, but Haman goes home in mourning. And his friends and his wife who said, yeah, man, make sure you, make sure you get that guy Mordecai killed. They're like, uh-oh, you are in trouble, bro. That's what they say to him. In effect, they say, you took our advice, you are in trouble, dude. Now listen, that's the problem with bad friends. Friends who give you lousy advice is that when, all, when push comes to shove and your life's crashing down, they're like, yeah, sorry, bro. So listen, I made the point last week that you find, need to find friends who make you better. Listen, make sure you're taking good counsel from people who love the Lord. Because when your life goes crashing down, the friends who gave you bad advice will often never be there. Your life is yours. You're responsible for your life. Don't even pretend for one second that your life is in your friend's hands. It's in your hands. It's your life. He goes home upset, and they're like, yeah, you, you know, you're busted, bro. You're in trouble. And then sure enough, as this is happening, as this is happening, the courtiers, so to speak, the people who accompanied people to the king's, to the queen's banquet show up for Haman. Haman gets rushed on off, and sure enough, they have their second banquet. And sure enough, finally, the king's like, okay, Esther, what do you want? And she says, I want my life and the life of my people. Now, you can expect that for King Xerxes, Ahasuerus, he was not expecting to hear that. I'm asking for my life to be spared in my people's lives. And he is shocked. The king is shocked. I mean, look at the words that the king says. Who is he? 
And where is he, in verse 5, who would dare presume in his heart to do such a thing? Who is it? Who did it? And then she said, the adversary and the enemy is wicked Haman. Brothers and sisters, you know what this teaches us? Remember I said the good things you do will come out? Well, guess what? Your sin will come out too. Yours, just as the good that you do will come on out, the evil that you do will be made known as well. See, in the end of the day, although our lives seem private, everything is under surveillance. God sees everything, and it always comes out. It's just a matter of time. It's amazing how often we think that we can spin things that it won't come out, but it always comes out. See, Haman's plan is now out there for the king to see. Now, someone bound to say, you know, so Fusco, you know, that's scare tactics right there. We should be scared. Because I think we make the mistake of thinking we can do things and nobody sees it. And if nobody, if nobody caught me yet, I can keep doing it at some point. Listen to what Jesus says. Luke chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. In the meantime, when an innumerable multitude of people had gathered together, this is Luke 12, verses 1 to 3, so that they trampled one another, he began to say to his disciples, first of all, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Now listen to what he says. For there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, nor hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have spoken in the dark will be heard in the light, and what you have spoken in the ear in inner rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. He's saying, look, the little things that you say in secret places, that's going to come out. That the totality of what we are comes out to the surface. See, nobody lives their lives tucked away, away from sight. We only have the illusion of it because maybe no one's caught us yet. Maybe nobody knew. And the beauty of the work of Jesus is that Jesus simply asks us to bring it out into the open. See, Jesus isn't saying, I know what you're all about, and I'm just waiting to pounce on you. He's saying, look, I want you to bring your stuff into the open. I want you just to come in and just say, hey, look, this is what I am. That's called confession. And that word confession in the Greek literally means to agree with what God is saying who we are. So if I come and say, man, I'm so sorry, I'm prideful, I'm just agreeing with God. God knows that I'm prideful. God knows that I make, when I say, man, I totally made a mistake, God knows that I made a mistake. I'm just agreeing with the truth of who I really am, and I'm doing it under my own volition because I'm saying, God, your grace is sufficient for my weakness. See, the beauty of this is not a scare tactic. This is just reality. But on the day when you have to give an account for your life and I have to give an account for my life, it's not that someone's going to be able to come and say, I never did anything wrong. All it's going to be able to say is that, look, I did a million things wrong, but Jesus stood in my place. That's the gospel. The gospel is that I am flawed, but I believe in the one who isn't flawed. And because I believed in the one who isn't flawed, I became better as I went through life. I grew and learned. I became more loving and more gracious, still exceedingly flawed. But I grew. But the reason I can stand before the judge of all the earth is that I believed in your son who you sent to save and redeem me. And I leaned into your Holy Spirit that I might be changed from what I was to more and more like Jesus. And brothers and sisters, 
That is the Christian gospel. That's the good news. The good news is not that you will put your faith and trust in Jesus and you will never get anything wrong. The good news is that you will put your faith and trust in Jesus and you will still do a million things wrong, but you have your faith and trust in Jesus and God is changing us. And that's why the move from humble repentance to self-righteous religion is such a bastardization of the message of Jesus. The move from saying, I need Jesus and I give my life to him to this, I have it all right. And everyone, I looked down my nose at everyone because I am so religiously spiritual and you guys are so not. It's such a miss in the message of Jesus because what happens is it says that once you put your faith and trust in Jesus, that you're going to get everything right. I mean, look at Peter. I mean, Peter, like the foremost apostle, he couldn't get out of his own way if he tried. I mean... You got Paul rebuking Peter in the, to the church in Galatia. I mean, these guys are messed up, but they're redeemed. And that's why you and I, we need a humble witness, a humble, confident witness. Humble, broken in our, realize that we make mistakes, but confidence in the grace of God, in the provision of God. See, Haman's sin comes out. And notice in verse 6, look at what it says. It's just a... It's an amazing thing. Look at what it says here. It says, so Haman was terrified before the king and queen. See, Haman is terrified because now it's out. He should have been terrified long before. See, he should have been terrified the first time he had the thought of getting rid of Mordecai. He should have been like, man, my heart is wrong. What's wrong with me? But now that it's out, now he's terrified. Look at how this chapter ends. Verse 7. Look at what it says. Then the king arose in his wrath from the banquet of wine and went into the palace garden. But Haman stood before Queen Esther pleading for his life, for he saw that evil was determined against him by the king. Verse 8, when the king returned from the palace garden to the place of the banquet of wine, Haman had fallen across the couch where Esther was. Then the king said, will he also assault the queen while I'm in, while I'm in the house? As the word left the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. Now Harbona, one of the eunuchs, said to the king, look, the gallows, 50 cubits high, which Haman made for Mordecai, who spoke good on the king's behalf is standing at the house of Haman. Then the king said, hang him on it. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then the king's wrath subsided. Jesus is real. The truth has come out. Esther has revealed the sinister plot Haman has created the king is made aware of all that's been going on behind his back. Haman is convicted of his crimes and justice is served. Today, Pastor Daniel reminded you that sin, no matter how small you think it is, always has a way of coming to the surface. Don't try to hide what you've done wrong. Instead, confess it to God and receive mercy. Hey everybody, I want to invite you to join me in reaching people with the message that Jesus is real. Would you pray about partnering with us in the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio? Your support in this way helps us to keep sharing God's word and helps us reach more and more people. Thank you for considering partnering. Find out more 
at jesusisrealradio.com. I'd love for you to be part of the Crossroads Community Church family, but I understand some of our listeners can't make it to the actual church building. If that's you, come join us online. We live stream our Sunday morning services at crossroadschurch.net. So grab a cup of coffee and join us wherever you are for our time of worship and teaching. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time for more from the book of Esther. Everything has come together, hasn't it? Haman has been punished, Mordecai has been honored, and Esther and the king's relationship is intact. But Pastor Daniel reveals next time that this isn't completely a happy ending. There's still a decree for the Jewish people to be killed. The excitement will continue, so be sure to stay tuned. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus Is Real Radio.